What's up, everybody, and welcome to the podcast, Dog Mom Mentality, where we strive to play with dogs and not emotions. I am your virtual bestie, Caroline, and I have my furry friend here, Layla, and we are going to give you a break from your day to talk about all things dogs and emotional well-being. If you have ever been emotionally affected by your dog, then this is the podcast for you. Happy New Year! I hope it's off to a great start for each and every one of you. I hope that you've thought about your intentions or goals or resolutions that you are going to be setting or striving for this year. Some with dog training, some with your personal self. But if you have not, that is what today's episode is all about. So we go through a list of, I think, nine different resolutions or goals or intentions, however you want to think about it, for the millennial dog mom. Some are for your dog, some are for yourself, but it's a really great list for you to pick out two or three from and try to implement if you haven't already figured out your goals or resolutions for this year. So this episode is actually based off of a blog post done by our guest, Blair, who is the creator behind the brand, The Dink Dog Mom. Blair Salt is a millennial wine-loving dog mom who loves to share everything about living a full and fabulous life with dogs. She is the personality behind the social media account and blog, The Dink Dog Mom, which is a dual-income, no-kids lifestyle blog for badass women who live adventurously and love their dogs like family. Blair likes to chat about things like how to raise a happy dog, fun treat recipes, and dog-friendly adventures. She shared with me that her dogs constantly inspire her to do more things like being outdoors or just being present in the moment. It was so fun to talk to Blair about such an inspirational topic such as setting up goals and intentions for the year and talking about the steps that you are going to do to achieve those goals. And we also talk about our goals from last year and how we set ourselves up for success and the progress that we saw from the goals that we had set last year and the different outcomes that came out of it and how proud we were. So it's just a really fun and enjoyable topic and I really hope that this motivates you all to set some goals and intentions for this year and helps you set up best practices to achieve those goals. I forgot to put up a story box for happies and crappies for people to submit their happies and crappies from the past week and I'm doing this a little bit on the fly so my happy is just starting a new journal and planner for this year. It really helps me feel super aligned and just sleek and clean and Makes me feel like I'm really, really organized. <laughs> my crappy is just starting back to my full-time day job. I actually really like my job, but just getting back in a routine and not being able to do whatever I want whenever I want sucks a little bit. So I was off for about a week and a half in between Christmas and New Year's and it was so great. I feel so rested and refreshed. And like I said, I really like my job, but it does suck to not be able to just take a nap whenever I want to throughout the day. If you like this episode, which I think you will, please rate, review, and subscribe if you are on Apple, and follow and rate if you are on Spotify, and be sure to take a screenshot and share it to your Instagram story so that we can spread the word about this podcast and get more ears to listen to it. That is all from me today. I appreciate you so much and I wish you a very lovely day. for other accounts and companies to be inspired and motivated by because their content and mission really help to keep my energy up. After being on the lookout, I have not only found a company that is looking to empower others, I have discovered a company who is striving to empower dog moms specifically. I am so excited to announce my first podcast sponsor, Bundle & Joy. 
Bundle & Joy is an up-and-coming female-founded pet brand looking to make an impact in the pet nutrition industry by providing purposeful and curated products bundled together and delivered right to your door. They are looking to build an impactful community of dog moms, and trust me, this shouldn't be hard considering how kind and passionate their team is and the energy that they put out. I have absolutely loved chatting with them about their goals and visions and, of course, their dogs. You can become a part of this empowering community and be the first to know about their pet food coming out this spring by going to bundleandjoy.com, spelled B-U-N-D-L-E-X-J-O-Y.com, and joining their community list. The link to their website is also in the show description. Thank you again, Bundle and Joy, for sponsoring this podcast. Hey, welcome Blair to the Dog Mom Mentality Podcast and Happy New Year. How are you? Thank you. Happy New Year. I am doing well. Uh, it's We finally have some sunny weather here in Sacramento. So it's we've had a lot of rain the last couple of weeks. So it's really nice to see the sun at the start of the new year. I'm, I'm jealous that, that it's sunny weather. It's been really rainy here and really like dreary. And it's the type of rain that it like miss all day. So Mm -hmm. it's like you can never really get outside and do anything because it's just a constant mist or like a sprinkle. It's really annoying, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, it was really rainy here and we weren't doing, we were barely, we were just getting outside to get to the the dogs to go to the Mm -hmm. bathroom. Um, And so like today we did a really long walk um, because it's it's cold out, but it's sunny. So it's a good Mm -hmm. way to kick off the new year. What is like the temperature? Um, this morning it was 36, um, but warmed up pretty quickly to like the forties. I think it's maybe like in the upper forties now. Okay. So it's cold, but it's not like below. Not like icy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. So I know that you just moved from Texas to Sacramento. So tell us a little bit about your dogs and then give us an update on how life is in California. Yeah. So, uh, we have three dogs. Uh, one of them, grandpa totes, he, he rarely makes an appearance on the Instagram. He's technically my husband's dog and he's like 13, 14 years old. So he's, he's, he's ridden retirement. That's what we say. He basically sleeps all day long, sleeps and eats. That's his life now, mm-hmm. um, his happy life and goes for walks. Uh, and then there's of course, June and Margo, um, all three dogs are rescue dogs from Texas. Um, Totes was from San Antonio. June was actually from the border with Mexico, um, okay. a, a little town called Harlingen. And then Margot, I'm not sure where she originated from. Um, she was born to a breeder, but then the breeder surrendered his dogs or he was in bad health and his family surrendered his dogs. I'm not really mm-hmm. sure what the exact story was, but she ended up with a rescue um, in Texas as well. So even Margot is pure blooded Australian shepherd, but she is a rescue. Um, okay. and yeah, we made the big move to Sacramento, uh, the day after Thanksgiving, we started driving and all the dogs did really well. I was very proud of them. Even our cat. I, I also have a cat, um, Clark who also did really well on the drive. I was very nervous. Um, I'd never road tripped for that long with a cat before. So I wasn't sure like litter box, like dogs yeah. you can like take them for a walk out the car, but a cat, I was like, Oh but Did you great. have to like stop every once in a while and just let him go to the litter box or how did that work? No, he would not have used the litter box. <laughs> like he just <laughs> stayed, he just sat, sat in his little crate and slept the whole time. Like, oh, no wow. problem. Okay. Um, so I felt like really bad, but he, he was totally fine. So, um, we, we stopped for the dogs, mm-hmm. of course, um, get them to stretch there. And for us, uh, I always feel guilty. Like if I'm stopping to use the bathroom, I'm like, well, the, the animals should get to Yeah. Use. Um, but yeah, so we've been settling in for the past, uh, I guess a month. I feel like we've been here a lot longer than that, but it's, it, we just hit a month at the end of December. Um, and it's been good. It's the, the weather is so much nicer here. I think it was 80 degrees in Texas for Christmas and it was, you know, in the forties here for Christmas. And I'm, I love cold weather. Like I was born and raised in Texas. I've always hated the heat. Um, oh, so you are so like am, ready for that temperature yeah. change. That's, yeah, so I've been that's loving great. 
the cold weather, even the rain hasn't bothered me because I'm like, it's cold and it's wet and it's, it feels like wintry and Christmassy, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, so it's been good. And we've been, uh, getting out for a lot of walk. We live in a really walkable neighborhood. And so we've been getting dogs out for lots of walks because we no longer have a backyard. So we, mm-hmm. we switched from having a yard to not having a yard, um, which I also felt really guilty about, but the dogs have been doing, um, great with, uh, we actually, I've started playing with them more indoors and they used mm-hmm. to not be interested in playing with people. They only wanted to play with each other. And now I get to play with them. Now they're interested in playing with me. So that's awesome. <laughs> that's, that's so good to hear. And so have you been trying to like seek out more parks to play with them outside in, or is that something that's like going to be kind of a goal for this year for you is to find some of those places to play outside since you don't have a yard? Definitely. Definitely. So we haven't had a chance to explore too many parks here just because it's been so rainy mm-hmm. uh, since we moved. We've had a, I mean, we've had a couple days of sun, but it's been raining pretty much. Um, I, it feels like nonstop since we moved. Um, so we haven't got gotten outside to do a whole lot of play, but it's my goal. We have a good flexi leash. And so I want to go do some sort of like sniffari type mm-hmm. explorations of some of the green spaces here. Uh, we have a flirt pole that Margot really loves that I'm hoping to be able to use. Of course, I'm going to try to see if I can coordinate. Can I like hold the flexi and do the flirt pole without yeah. just tangling? It's, tangling it's hard. Right I've tried it before. <laughs> it's very hard. <laughs> um, but yeah, getting them out and seeing um, seeing if I can get them to play outside a little. Like if we can initiate a game of tug outside. June is just learning how to tug. Like mm-hmm. she is still not that great at it. She, I don't think she understands the concept but she's just now starting to tug back so maybe one day she'll get there but Margo's pretty focused and so I'm thinking she'll get to to play outside that's awesome and I think I talked about this a little bit in my last episode but going through some of these challenges or obstacles that at first you don't know like what you're gonna do with them to to get that play out or get the get the energy out since you don't have a backyard but then in turn it led you to playing with them more inside and doing more play like one-on-one with them. So I feel like that's a really good outcome that, you know, probably like the best case scenario. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because at our old house with the yard, they loved chasing and wrestling with each other. Um, And Margo would play with me a little bit. She, she would play fetch, like she would fetch the ball like twice Mm -hmm. and then she would lose interest. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Fetch is just not her game. She would play with the flirt pole for a little bit. She would tug for a little bit, but they really wanted to play with each other because they could mm-hmm. run around and chase. Now that that's no longer an option, it's like, um, I don't know, they're more they're more open now to playing with me. And so they'll they'll tug or like they'll Margo will play a little fetch indoors while like throw a stuffy mm-hmm. and she'll chase after it and then bring it back. And you know, June's finally kind of building up the concept of tug. And so I had never really, I mean, in hindsight, it seems obvious like that you you close off one outlet another one appears but mm-hmm. I just never thought about it um you know when we had the yard that like oh the reason they're not playing with me is because they're fulfilling that need somewhere else you yeah know what I mean? yeah uh that that makes total sense but I'm I'm glad that it was like a happy ending you know I know I thought you would appreciate that <laughs> yeah I do I do appreciate that so much and it, it really goes along with some of the things I said in my last episode so Okay, I want to get into discussing resolutions uh, since it is the New Year's. Happy New Year's, everybody. Um, And you just did a blog post on New Year's resolutions for dog moms. And some were more about like for yourself and investing in yourself. Some were for you and your dog. But really quickly, before we get into more of what your blog post says, I want to discuss resolutions versus goals versus intentions, because I know that you can come up with your goals in several different ways. But for me, I really start by finding an intention of I want to be like more of this type of person or I want to um but I, I typically do like I am statements, kind of like yes. a manifestation. Like I am a person that has a really good relationship with Layla, or I am a person that is trustworthy, whatever. And then after that, I go on to build goals or action steps from that intention. So what is your process of setting goals or coming up with goals? Yes. So I I love that process and I I now follow a similar process 
<clears throat> I used to think I was really bad. I still sometimes think I'm really bad at goal setting because I'm not always the best. You know, people talk about smart goals, like specific, mm-hmm. measurable, actionable, relevant, relevant and time bound or something like that. Okay. And they're very specific, right? They're mm-hmm. supposed to be like, I want to do this by this date. Um, mm-hmm. And I've never been good at those because my goals have always been like more intentions, right? Like I want to be this. And so it's not very specific, but I sometimes, so I see the benefit of both. Um, Mm -hmm. but smart goals to me, I think put a lot of pressure on me to like achieve something, um, by a certain date. It was very productivity oriented. Yes. Right. Um, and I, for me personally, that doesn't serve me that well. And so I like to approach them really the same way that you do. And I look at like a new year's resolution as a combination of goals and intentions. So Mm -hmm. it's that whole process of like, okay, what is it that you want either this year or in life or like what what do you want to achieve or who do you want to become what do you want to do um because there's obviously a lot of paths out there right and so um kind of picking out those things to focus on and then once you're like okay I want to have a better relationship with my dog how do I do that now you can start setting like these specific goals it's like Mm -hmm. okay I want to play with my dog on a regular basis or I want to go through training with my dog or, you know, whatever it is. And then I think, you know, you kind of break it into those bite-sized chunks that mm-hmm. if you can achieve those small steps, then you achieve that bigger intention. Sure. But I, I think it's important to define those terms just because I think, I feel like people throw around the terms new year's resolutions a lot without really thinking about like, is it a goal? Is it an intention? Is it supposed to be something specific? Yes, I totally agree. And I do think that it is good to have like measurable stuff too, because it can help hold you accountable, but mm-hmm. it's not like not every single one of my tasks or every single one of my bullet points for, for my um, goals for this year is measurable. Right. So, so some of them are like play with Layla for five minutes uninterrupted every day or at least five minutes. But some of them are like invest in myself more. And I kind mm-hmm. of thought of a few ways that I could imbe- invest in myself more, but it's not like I could do it and then check off a box once it's yeah. done. Like in that makes sense. Invest $1,000 in myself this year. Like that's yeah. not how that works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think it's good to have a mix um, because like I said, the measurable ones can hold you accountable. And it is kind of nice to have that checkbox and check it off. But I don't know if all of them should be like that. Right. I think it also depends on On what that resolution is. And yeah, on the person. And then what is, what is the resolution? So if it's something like I want to save X amount of dollars, then you can say each month I need to save this amount Mm -hmm. so that by this date I'll reach you know, my goal amount that, well, that's very quantifiable. But if you're just thinking like, I want to apologize less, like you're not really going to have a time bound specific quantifiable thing. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, for sure. Even ones like that, the apologizing less, which I saw that you mentioned that in your blog post too, with, um, under, under one of your, that's, that's your first one, right? Yes. Under your blog post. Yes. Okay. So even something like that, if you are the type of person that wants to keep track of that type of thing, then maybe you start journaling at the end of your day. So you can kind of look back on your day as a whole and be like, oh, I did, uh, you know, I saw, I didn't, I had the opportunity to switch an apology to a thank you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah. that's a really good way to keep track of that, but it's not like you have to have 10 per month or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I am going to only apologize. By the end of this year, I will have only apologized 10 times in a month. Yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah, but I think um, talking about like journaling and stuff, I think that's where setting resolutions can be really helpful because it it requires you to really think critically about like what, what do you want to achieve? And um, I know that one of the things we were looking at is like, like, why are resolutions important? Mm -hmm. Um, and like, you know, why I feel like resolutions get a bad 
rap sometimes for being toxic, right? Because I think a lot of yeah. times people think like, it's always like lose 15 pounds or like, you know, work out more. And it's always, I feel like it's always weight and exercise for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it can be like, I'm, I'm definitely the kind of person who struggles a lot with separating my self-worth from my productivity. <laughs> um, and so, you know, thinking about like resting or taking time off is really hard for me sometimes. So I get it. I get how resolutions can be seen as toxic, but there's so many things you can do in this world, right? Like there's, and whether it's reading more or becoming a painter or whatever, and like, he'll never, it can be overwhelming. So if you mm-hmm. set resolution, if you think critically about like, what do you really want out of your life? Like, what do you want to achieve? Who do you want to be? Um, that kind of can help sort through all those options and give you something to focus on. And then once you have like, so this is my intention. Let me break mm-hmm. that down. into like a really specific goal, like, or stair steps that I have to follow to get there a plan. Let me make a plan. Um, those are kind of the things that might be more quantifiable that you can check off. Um, but it's also like what holds you accountable um, and helps you achieve those intentions and kind of, it really helps you create the life that you want to live. For sure. I think another thing too, you, you said something that I actually had to pick up one of my journals. <laughs> I love it. So, um, it, this, this new journal that I have that I got a couple of months ago, it has you set intentions and then off of that quarter, quarterly goals and habits for different aspects of your life. And I think even just breaking it down that way can really help you as well, because just thinking about your life as a whole is very overwhelming. So this breaks it down into health, finance, um, adventure, service, career, self, relationships, environment, and lifestyle. And okay, I guess that's it. So it it broke it down into like different pieces of your life to help you think about like, what can I do specifically for my health or like, what do I want to do for my career, for my personal development, for the the environment, you know what I mean? Um, For, for my relationships and not that you have to have something for each of those, but that might help you if you are struggling right now to think think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think a lot of times people, um, there's this idea that like, well, if, if a new year's resolution or a goal or an attention is good, it's good for everybody. Like that's mm-hmm. just not true. Right. Like yeah. they're, they're not a one, there's no really one side, except for maybe if you're like, well, I want to be a nicer person. Well, sure. Everybody should be nicer, but like some people are already really nice. Like that's not mm-hmm. really worth them focusing on. That is um, so true. <laughs> you know? And so it's like, I think we have to remember too, that like, we don't all have to have the same resolutions and like that doesn't make, you know, resolutions aren't better or more important than others. It's really about like, what, what do you need in your specific life? And what do you want, which doesn't have to look like what other people are doing. Mm -hmm. And going off of that as well, a lot of people are going to be sharing their, their new year's resolutions over the next probably month, I would say. Mm -hmm. And so this is my, my uh, advice to the people out there listening is please don't compare yourself to yes. this person has 10 goals or 10 resolutions, but you only have three. Right. Yeah. Yes. I really liked, you said something about that in your blog too. You were like, here are nine ideas, but like, don't feel like you have to do all nine, you know, pick out two or three because that way you're going to feel like you actually did something. Yeah. I think so. That's something that I used to, that was a trap. I used to fall into a lot where it was like, I don't know like why 10 is like such an important number where it's like, Mm -hmm. I need 10 resolutions. Yeah. That's a lot. 10 is unless, unless you're looking at like what you want to achieve each month, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, and you could have like, you know, one goal per month, but it's like, that's a lot of things to focus on. And if you really, especially if you want to do something that's going to sort of shift, your life a little bit. Um, like I want to invest in myself more. Like that's a really big shift. Um, you know, it's better to focus on even one thing, maybe two things that -hmm. you can really pour your energy and your thought into than trying to 
do 10 different things, you know, better to achieve one thing really well than like only 25% achieve 10 different things. <laughs> oh, for sure. And at the end of the year, if you really make a difference in one area of your life, like just in the one area of investing in yourself, you will look back on this year as a whole and be a totally different person. Um, Absolutely. Last year for me, like I really focused on Layla so much. And I feel like we made such a huge shift, but overall as like a person and anything else in my life, I really didn't feel like I did a whole lot, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But I'm really, really proud of the work I put into Layla because that was my main focus. Yeah. And sometimes we can't do everything, right? And it's only Mm -hmm. a year, like one year is not that long of a time frame, really. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, we might have lifelong goals, but we're not going to achieve them all in 2022. Like, let's yeah. just, let's just be, <laughs> be real, be real about that. And I think that's one of the issues that a lot of people run into is they set a ton of different goals and they put a lot of pressure on them. And then, you know, once you start failing at one goal or two goals or three goals, then suddenly you're like, Oh, forget about it. Like, I'm just not going to worry about it anymore. Whereas if you really have like that one or two or three things that you can just keep coming back to, um, you'll find you'll make a lot more, at least in my experience, that's how I've made a lot more progress as far as, uh, setting goals or intentions and then following through on them. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really good advice. So I guess we did kind of answer like why you set goals and resolutions for your, for yourself. Um, why do you think it's so important for dog moms to do it? Yeah. So I, I thought about this a lot because, um, I had, okay. So I think for dog moms, number one, it's important to realize that like our identities are more than just dog moms. Right. I love that. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's like, that's why in, in, so even though my post is for dog moms, like not every goal is specifically about your dog. Like there are other things. So like, um, one of the great examples that I really like to underscore for people is like plan a vacation with or without your dog. Right. Because whether or not you bring your dog depends on where you're going. How is your dog? Do they travel well? Are they good at new places? And also like, it's okay to go on vacation and not have to like worry about carry caring for someone else or something else. Right. And so, uh, you know, if you do want to bring your dog and that's really important to you, obviously like, great, but like, don't feel like you have to include your dog in every aspect of your life because number one, like that's stressful for the people, but also number two, that's how people end up forcing their dogs into situations that their dogs maybe don't mm-hmm. want to be in. Um, and so, yeah, so extending a dog mom identity beyond just, beyond just dogs. Um, but also that, you know, I think for, sometimes I get caught up in the sort of hustle and bustle of every day and I forget to focus on my dogs. Not that I like, like you know, of course I feed them and I walk mm-hmm. them and I love them, whatever. But I think sometimes it's nice to have an intention there with your dog. Like I want to play with my dog uninterrupted for five minutes every day. Like, that's mm-hmm. great because that means you, you can kind of hold yourself accountable to like, I need to, you know, I need to take a moment, step away from whatever I'm working on and go play with my dog for it's mm-hmm. five minutes or train my dog for five minutes, mm-hmm. or I'm going to take my dog for a five minute, at least a five minute walk every day. And I think being intentional behind dog ownership can really take your relationship to the next level. Yeah. And I think how you're saying, putting the intention behind it too can really give everything that you're doing a purpose, which makes you want to do it more or want to achieve it more. Yes. And, you know, and also like, again, with, with dogs, like, I think, especially on Instagram, it's really easy to fall into that trap of comparison where it's like, well, my dog doesn't eat a puzzle out of a puzzle toy for every single meal. And I'm not out here, um, playing and saying games of frisbee with my dog or I'm not able to walk my dog every single day and like all of that's fine but it's like if you know your dog will benefit from playing with you because like maybe your dog's needs some confidence building or you just want to personally connect with your dog more setting that intention of like well okay it doesn't matter about taking an hour-long walk every day I just need to play with my dog for five minutes and Mm -hmm. so it can also help you sort of focus on what's really important for you and your dog, as opposed to 
well, I need to do this and I need to do that. And I also need to add this to my schedule and, um, trying to do everything. You know what I mean? For sure. It can get so overwhelming. So, so overwhelming. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, definitely struggled with that at at some points, especially, yeah, especially when I first got really into training Layla, I was so overwhelmed by all of these things that I wanted to do, wanted to do. So last year I really touched on just so many different aspects of her training, but I try to do like anywhere between one and five things per month and focus Mm -hmm. on that and breaking it down into those chunks really, really helped. And over the course of the year, I was able to say that we did like so, so many things and we developed on so many things and she gained confidence and, and this and that. And now this year, I feel like we are in such a good foundation that this year for us will be more about maintaining the mm-hmm. skills that she al- already has, uh, bettering some of them, but like the skills that she has now, I'm, I'm good with where she's at. So it's more going to be about just continuing to build upon our relationship. Yeah, that's actually a really great um like case study for this overall idea of like, there's a lot you can teach your dog. Like, I mean, there is, there's dog sports, there's a million tricks you can teach. There's all sorts of skills, but they're not all important to every dog. Right. Like like, there's this huge emphasis on off leash recall. And I'm like, I'm not going to lie. Like there's not a whole lot of instances where your dog has to be off leash in an unsafe space or an unenclosed space, Mm -hmm. right? Like you don't, if your dog, like June, for example, I don't think she would ever have a recall that I would trust 100%. She's a spitz mix. So she's very independent. She's prey driven. And she just doesn't, she just gets focused and doesn't care. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And, but like, there's no need, like, there's no place that we would go where she would have to be off leash to enjoy Mm -hmm. her life. Like we have the flexi leash. Emphasis on have to. Have to, right? Yeah. So it's like, but I think people think like, oh, well, my dog's not well trained unless they have a flawless recall. I'm like, not every dog has to have a flawless recall. Not every dog has to know how to sit pretty, right? Mm-hmm. Not every dog has to heal, even, right? Like, depending on where you heal, oh, yeah. be a totally meaningless uh, cue for you. And so I think thinking about like, okay, who is my dog? What can they realistically accomplish? And then what do I need to like have a better life with my dog? And let me mm-hmm. just focus on that instead of trying to teach a billion different skills or like if your dog can't even walk on leash without losing their mind, like focus on your leash work, right? Don't worry about teaching your dog orbit. If you can't even walk them out the door, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think it helps. It helps focus. Like, where do you spend your um, attention? And for me, especially like sometimes dog training, it's easy to just be like, well, I don't want to work on that because like, you're like, what do I even work on today? Like, I don't even know what I should like practice today. But if you, if you have that plan of like, here's my one to five things, then it's like, you already have it right there. Mm-hmm. It's like working out, right? Like if you already know what your for workout sure. is, yeah. then you just go and get it done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. It's like for, for working out, they do, you know, like legs one day, arms one day, chest one day, back. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know. Like glutes one day. <laughs> that's not, that sounds right. That sounds right. <laughs> and you know, you can like, so that's kind of the approach that I'm taking this year with, I picked out five or six skills that Layla already knows, but I want to make sure that we maintain them mm-hmm. and that she has like, the, they're basically like the five things that we use very regularly. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to, like, I'm not going to uh, risk not working on um, right heal time like he like we heal a lot like where where we live and stuff mm-hmm. so we're like recall so like I'm gonna practice recall one day every week mm-hmm. um and you know that might be like my biceps yeah um and so but like I will put more emphasis to make sure that we work on recall once a week Versus making sure that I teach her a new trick that will only be good for like three pictures that I may take out yes. the whole year. 
<laughs> yes. Well, and, and yeah. And so I think it's like, for me, um, I know one of the questions you'd asked was like, what are some of the skills that I want to work on with my dogs? And so since we've moved, um, to Sacramento, we live in a, a more urban environment. We don't have a yard. So we're walking in an urban environment a lot more. And so building neutrality and confidence in, mm-hmm. in a more urban, noisy environment, um, that's something that I really want to work on this year. And so like heal is like, that was something that was never really important for us to learn previously because I, the, the girls walk on a loose leash. Like it's not a mm-hmm. heel, but they walk on a loose leash really well. But now since we're navigating busier streets, like I think heel is really helpful if you're like having to pass by things closely or mm-hmm. you're getting through like a crowded street or something like that. Like, it can be really helpful to, or to even just to like step off to the side and put your dog in a heel position to let people pass. Mm-hmm. Like that's super useful. So that's going to be a skill that used to not be important to us, but now is going to be a lot more practical. So I think also remembering that things can change. Yes. <laughs> um, that like yes. your goals can change based on your life or where your dog is at. Um, you know, it's, I think there's sort of this negative, like this negative thought of like, oh, well, if I'm no longer focusing on this thing, then I've quit. But like just, you know, maybe it doesn't serve you anymore. Or mm-hmm. this other thing that used to not be important to you now suddenly is. And it's okay to, to you know, follow those changes. Yeah, I think... That is, is a really good way of thinking about it because like what I just heard from you is like your intention is to make your dog more confident and more neutral. So I'm sure that was like also your intention or one of your intentions in Texas, Yeah. but because you are now in a new space, you know, your goal switched to having a heel and it's yeah. going to especially be important for you since you have two dogs. So yes. managing two dogs on a busy street versus just one is I'm sure a lot harder. So having them both in a heel instead of one walking left and one walking right. (laughs) Yeah. Getting, getting them both to heel or like leave it is something that's a lot more important now because there's so much, Oh, I was gonna say trash, but not like literal trash. There's so much stuff on the ground. Mm. So there's like a lot of food. Um, there's a lot of like dog poop that people don't pick up, which is like a whole other rant for another day yeah (laughs) um and so I was like oh like leave it and like they know leave it a little bit because we've used it before but now I'm like oh this is something I'm gonna have to practice because like there's like cigarette butts or there's like leftover food and um especially with like food and stuff like I'm really nervous about I don't I'm like so paranoid about them eating something poisonous Mm -hmm. that I won't know because like they'll eat especially June she's like a freaking coyote or hoover vacuum where she will just like suck something down before I can even see it and so I want to be able to you know have a more reliable verbal command so that's something that we're going to work on um that is a lot more a lot more important now yeah for sure okay so Blair does have a blog the dink dog mom so you can go to the dinkdogmom.com and she has a bunch of different blogs on there but uh, she just recently put out a New Year's resolutions for a dink dog moms. And so I'm going to go through her and read each of the ideas that she came up with. And then Blair, I want you to tell me if like what ones, if all or like which ones of these apply to you this year. So um, there are nine of them. So stop apologizing for your life choices and your dog's behavior. Invest in yourself. Work with a professional dog trainer. Do something your dog loves every day. Commit to a realistic exercise routine and include your dog. Make a list of skills you want your dog to learn and create a plan to make it happen. Plan a vacation with or without your dog. Spend more time in nature with your dog. And then choose one topic you want to know more about and educate yourself. So I thought all of these were really good. And like you said previously, some are dog related, some are just personal development goals. So which ones or if all do, do they apply to you this year? So some of the ones that um, I will say not all of them apply for me because I have to only focus on a small number. Mm -hmm. I am that person. So nine resolutions would be really overwhelming for me. Um, so one, so key uh, investing in yourself was my resolution for last year for 2021. Mm -hmm. 
And it was really life-changing for me. And it's something that I want to keep doing. So I don't know if that's really a resolute, like it's like a maintenance resolution. You were talking about maintenance with, with Layla, right? Where it's like, I want to keep doing that and keep investing in myself. Um, I really want to do something my dogs love every day, especially. So like, again, when we lived in San Antonio, we had a backyard and they love wrestling. So like they did something they loved every day because every day they would go out to potty and they would chase each other and wrestle. Mm -hmm. Well, now I have to be a little bit more intentional about making sure I'm fulfilling their needs since uh, we don't have a yard. And so whether that's going for a good sniffing walk or doing the snuffle mat um, or playing with them, I want to make sure I'm spending, even if it's just five minutes, you know, of intentional time doing something that makes the dogs really happy and fulfills their needs. Uh, I want to spend more time in nature with the dogs. One of my, one of the things I'm most excited about with moving to California, especially Northern California is the nature. Like there's Mm. so, I mean, the, the ongoing joke that we've been told by everybody in Sacramento is that people love living in Sacramento because it's a two hour driver less from everything else. So it's like oh, yeah. under two hours, you can get to wine country, you can get up to the mountains, you can go to Lake Tahoe, you can go out to the desert, like the high desert. And so um, there's a lot of like camping and hiking that I'm really excited to do. And the weather is so much nicer here. Yeah, um, it's, it's especially more, with dogs. Yeah, for sure. It's like in Texas, I felt like sometimes it was even too hot to go outside. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing where it like, especially so our grandpa dog totes who I mentioned at the beginning, he's like a chow German shepherd, golden retriever mix. And he has this huge, thick, fluffy coat. And it was like, there were times where it was like, you go outside to pee and you have to come back in immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, and like you, I mean, the humidity would be so bad. So even if it had like technically cooled off to like 80 in the eighties, the feels like temperature was still like mid to upper nineties because the humidity was so bad. So here it's a lot drier, it's cooler. And, you know, in Sacramento, it does get hot. It can get up into the hundreds during the day, but it cools off to the sixties at night. So like you can wake up in the morning and go for a walk or, um, when the sun sets, it's cool. And there's, um, this thing that I keep hearing about called the Delta breeze that, that we're going to apparently learn about this summer that really cools things off at night. And so, um, I'm excited to be able to like, you know, even if it's like, oh, well, on Saturday, we'll wake up and we'll go hiking in the morning because you can, it'll actually be cool in the morning. Or Mm -hmm. it's like, we can go up into the mountains to go hiking, which is an hour and a half away. And it's much colder because the elevation is higher, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's something I'm really excited. And, you know, with the dogs and without the dogs, like Mm -hmm. I'm happy, I'm excited to just spend more time in nature both ways. Um, Because your dogs, believe it or not, don't have to accompany you literally everywhere you go. (laughs) Uh, And then lastly, working on those skills to really help them thrive here in Sacramento. So, you know, building up that confidence in the urban environment. And a lot of it is noise and um, strange objects. So like we uh, passed by a big shopping cart on our walk this morning that was like piled high with stuff. And June was like wildly freaked, (laughs) freaked Mm -hmm. out by it. Um, or like this, the ambulance noises really scare Margot. It's just kind of like, which I get, I mean, they're very loud and they hurt my ears Mm -hmm. too. So I can only imagine how painful they are to a dog's ears, but just kind of building that confidence and getting them more comfortable. And also, um, this is going to be something that takes some more time, but, uh, building up their attention while we're out walking because it's a very urban environment. Yes. Yes. And so, um, they were really good back in San Antonio. We lived in a, we were downtown, but it was a more suburban part of downtown. So it was a lot quieter and we did work up where they, they checked in with me a lot. Um, and you know, it was easy to get their attention. I've noticed here it's a lot harder and it, you know, it's a new environment. So I'm giving them plenty of time and space to settle in, but that's something that I'm going to start working on too, is, you know, making sure that, as they get used to the noises and the people and the other dogs that like, I am once again, the most, most interesting thing. (laughs) Well, that's good that you already have a good foundation. Um, like what you did in in Texas. Mm -hmm. And then now you just have to, like you said, work on it with the multiple distractions. Yeah. I'm sure it's a new layer. It's a new layer. Yeah. Yeah. Starting from, from nothing. Yeah. And so those are sort of the four, um, the four areas that I'm really focusing on, uh, for myself. Okay. That's awesome. So for me, 
mine are with uh, just some some personal things. So I really want to get in a habit of waking up earlier and having some morning time to myself because over the past year, I realized how introverted I am. And so I really recharge with time by myself and time to just get my thoughts together for the day before I enter into other people telling me whatever's going on in their life or like just Mm -hmm. whatever comes up, even with Layla, like, yeah. So just setting aside that time every morning to have to myself, I've seen benefits me so much. So, uh, some personal things like that. Um, Bobby and I are getting married in September of this year. So just like some things that my therapist has told me, um, not like a, a family or a marriage therapist, but just my personal therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just been some things that she's like kind of give me tips and advice on things to do to strengthen our bond throughout the year. And so I'm going to focus on some of those things. Um, just not, not like, it's not really monthly things like on this month, I'm going to focus on this and this month mm-hmm. I'm going to focus on this. Um, it's kind of just like, I want to have that intention and then maybe at the end of every week or every month reflect on it to see how we could better ourselves um, and do some of those together. And then some goals with Layla, which are a lot of maintaining. So maintaining the skills that we built up last year. And then I do want to try out a group class with her. So that's Mm -hmm. One thing that is kind of like a check mark item that I could do. And there's a few different places that I want to go with her to do hikes and just different environments like that to hang out. And then the last one is with so dog mom mentality as like a brand or a company. Um, some different ways I want to invest with myself, some different things for content creation and getting more organized with that. Mm-hmm. Um which includes podcasting. So like I said earlier, you know, just making sure that like how I present things to you through email is like more, or more, it's it's understandable, it's presentable. Mm -hmm. Um, And making sure that I take care of my guests and my community and audience, just as well as I'm taking care of myself, I guess, uh, with my content creation. So those are like my four things for this year, which does definitely align with some of the things that you mentioned in your blog. Yeah. So what, what were some of the things that you did last year to invest in yourself? I know you talked a little bit about that earlier, but just to, to recap, since that was your goal from last year. Yeah, this is, so this is actually like my favorite resolution of all time. And I think it's because it was something I didn't really necessarily think I needed And it just sort of dawned on me. And then once it was like an intention, it made a huge difference because it helped me make so many choices. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I think about self-care a lot. Um, And I think a lot of times we think of self-care as like, oh, well, I'll take a bubble bath or I'll do a face mask, which is great. Like those are very relaxing activities, but it's like, maybe instead of a bubble bath, what you need is therapy. (laughs) Right. And so like, that was something for me where, um, you know, I would totally buy like great, um, bubble bath, or I would splurge on like a cute shirt that I wanted, but then it was like, well, should I spend money on therapy? And, um, I, I had this mentality of like, well, I should be able to do it myself. Like, um, I am actually a certified yoga instructor. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of, um, the anxiety that I struggle with, I can kind of see it through the yoga teacher lens of like, oh, I need to practice mindfulness or I need to do mm-hmm. this. And so there was like this pressure for myself to like, well, I should be able to figure it out on my own. Or another example is um, an exercise routine. I was like, I should be able to create my own exercise routine. Like, let me research this. And it just never, it was always such a struggle for me to like figure out what I wanted to do. Um, was I doing enough? Was I not doing enough? Was I overdoing it? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, am I... V- v- varying my workouts enough to achieve my goal. Like, uh, and so, and then it would be like, well, all this was so overwhelming that I would just give up. Right. 
Well, so once I had this goal of investing in yourself, I was like, I'm going to hire a personal trainer. Like if this is something that's important to me and I'm not doing it on my own, like I should just hire a trainer. And it was like, Mm so life-changing. It was so helpful. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it's not bad to ask for help. No. And so, you know, and so like some of the things that I did, um, was I did, I finally broke down and like found a therapist and I will say like, I was a huge supporter of therapy Mm. for everybody but myself. And not because I was like, well, I don't need therapy. It was just like, well, like, are my problems bad enough for therapy or like, you know, I, I know I can see my negative thought patterns. Like I should be able to change them, mm-hmm. but that's not, no, like <laughs> I was obviously not because they, they kept happening. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then, and of course, then it's like a, a spiral, right. Where I was like, well, I should be able, I see these negative thought patterns. I should be able to stop them, but then I didn't stop them. And then I was mad at myself because I was like, well, I should have been able to stop them. Mm-hmm. Well, then that's another negative thought pattern. And then the spiral just continues of like yes. beating myself up for not being able to figure out like, why is this thing causing me so much anxiety or why am I so upset about something that's seemingly so trivial? And so, and I had always been like, well, yeah, I think a therapy would be nice. Therapy would be nice. And like one day I'll do it. Well, now that I had this intention of like investing yourself, I was like, today is the day. Yes. (laughs) I'm going Um, to do it. Yeah. So like finding a therapist, um, I did a food allergy test last year also, because I had noticed that after, um, eating, I would feel really bloated or I was really sluggish. And like, I'm a pretty healthy eater. Like I cook mm-hmm. a lot. We're mostly plant-based. Um, I think a lot about like food and wellness and nourishment. Like it's just something I think is really interesting. So I was like, I feel like we eat pretty healthy for me to be feeling so crappy after eating. Like this doesn't make sense. Um, and again, that was something that I was like, well, I should be able to figure it out. I'm just not mm-hmm. eating healthy enough. Or maybe it's because every now and then I eat French fries, which is like absurd, right? Because like, yeah, know, everything in moderation, like it's totally, you know, it, it's not the French fries I eat once every couple weeks. Like that's not, you know what I mean? Um, and I took a food allergy test and found out that I'm gluten intolerant and that I have an allergy to wheat and gluten. And so, um, since cutting that out, it has been like night and day, I feel a lot better. Um, but it was, you know, I mean, I, I, so I did like a food allergy test through a lab, like my doctor mm-hmm. recommended it and, um, insurance did not cover it. So it was like $300, I think. So it was a lot of money, but it was and worth first, it. It seems like, yes. Well, and at first I was like, well, like, I don't know, like, that's kind of silly. And obviously it, I'm not having like a bad allergic reaction, like, mm-hmm. you know, where I need like an EpiPen, but then it, you know, with this resolution of investing in yourself, I was like, no, but it is a problem and it is impacting my quality of life. And like, I should make like, why am I afraid to make this investment? If it could, um, I also was having a lot of problems sleeping and my doctor was like, well, sometimes, um, food allergies can cause problems sleeping because your cortisol levels are so high. Mm-hmm. Cause basically you're like under chronic inflammation that it starts to affect your ability to sleep deeply. And yeah. so, um, like all of these, so I've, you know, I, I broke down and did it and then found this out and I was like, Oh, that explains, that explains Explains so much. (laughs) Yeah. And so like that has been really life-changing. Um, I invested in a couple of like blogging and social media courses, like very small, lightweight things, uh, which were really helpful. Cause again, that was something where I was like, well, I should be able to learn this on my own. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, okay, well I could spend like 10 hours trying to find a reputable source, or I could just invest in like a class from like a professional and just Mm -hmm. do it that way. And, you know, it, it took so much stress off of like me trying to figure out the right way to do it and like asking for help or recognizing that like I could have a professional help me instead of me trying to like teach myself, you know what I mean? Um, And I think having that resolution of investing in yourself helped me say yes (laughs) That yeah, me, for sure helped me recognize those moments that I was like denying myself where I would, cause I don't think I realized that I was not investing in myself until that became a goal. And I was like, well, why, why wouldn't I take a food allergy test if mm-hmm. I'm clearly feeling bad after I eat? Um, but then it was also fun stuff, right? I also did a color consultation with created colorful that's her Instagram. And she does like what is your color palette that looks best on you? Like for clothing? Oh yeah. Okay. I like read that, but I wasn't like exactly sure what it was. 
Yeah. So it's like she, her, she's like a team and they tell you like your, your color and they're like done by seasons. So like I'm like a light spring, right? Oh, so okay. it's like, like pale pastel, you know, slightly warm colors look best on me. And, um, which was mind like mind boggling to me because I've always been like a fan of jewel tone colors. Mm-hmm. And so I had to like, I went out and bought like a couple of like pale pastel colorful top, like t-shirts and they did look really good. It's, that was like a huge confidence booster for me of, um, you know, where I just was like excited and felt good. And it was, not, and it was obviously like, like not critical, but it was just mm-hmm. like a, a little thing for myself that I did. Right. Like to invest in myself and that, yeah. that made me happy. Just it, that was the only purpose just to make me happy. Right. And, um, so things like that, where it's like, some of them can be really more serious, like, admitting you need therapy or finding a therapist or it can be something felt like or if you've always wanted to learn how to take great photos of your dog like go take a mm-hmm. photography class you know what I mean yeah um, like don't be afraid to do something like that I these are all really great ideas that I don't think especially like the food test and the color consultation mm-hmm. those aren't things that would come up if you were just thinking about it, I think. So these are yeah. really, really great ideas that um, I think will, will inspire people to yeah. and that, find different you'll things be surprised. To you'll be surprised like what comes up. Like if you have that mindset of I'm going to invest in myself, um, it's surprising. Like there's like moments that will pop up where you're like, oh, this is a moment for me to invest in myself. Mm-hmm. Like this is an opportunity for me to do that. Um, I have a, a good friend, um, her and her husband were staying with us over New Year's and she was like, you know, I, I want investing in myself to be one of my New Year's resolutions for 2022. And one of the things I want to do is um, take this class about uh, women in male dominated fields because she's an architect. Oh my gosh, and, that is so cool. I would actually be really interested in that too. Right. And so she, so she's in a leadership position at an architecture firm, the only woman in the entire firm in a leadership position. And she struggles a lot with like being the only woman in the dismissive language and the, um, not intentional, but still very like patronizing. Yes. You know what I mean? I know what she's talking about. (laughs) Being called sweetie when like, this is a professional workplace. Like, don't call me sweetie. You know what I mean? And so I think there's a class and it's, I think it's through Cornell, maybe it's through a university. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like a, an online class that you can take about like women in male dominated fields. And so that's where it's like, you might be like, oh, well, like, like that's silly. Like, I'm totally confident. Like, that's fine. But then you're like, well, no, like if you are a woman in a male dominated field and you feel that pressure or you're like, I mean, I can only imagine how frustrating it would be. Yes. Like mm-hmm. take the class, like, you, you know, see what you learn, see how you can maybe start teaching your male mm-hmm. coworkers to, you know, create a more equitable space. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you'll just, you're, you're surprised at like the moments that pop up you know, I'd be curious if anybody else sets this res- resolution um, for them to kind of share some of those moments that might like unexpectedly pop up where you're like, oh, I wouldn't have thought about this, but this was a moment for me to, you know, invest in myself. Yeah. Take charge and invest in yourself. I think that goes back to just having the intention versus like the the specific goals, because things will come up that yeah. you cannot plan for in January. You know, something in Mm -hmm. July may come up that you never would have thought about that is the opportunity to invest in yourself. And because you set the intention versus like the very specific goals, like Mm -hmm. you will more likely say yes to it, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, so another like this is probably like the biggest example from last year is I quit my job and moved across Mm -hmm. country. Like I um, was working in a job that I didn't really like. I didn't realize I didn't like it. I always felt inadequate at it. And I later realized through (laughs) that it wasn't that I was inadequate at the job. It was that I just didn't like doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was really eye-opening for me. And I love writing. I have always loved writing. I'm good at it. It's easy to me. And, um, it's, it's just something I enjoy doing is writing and editing. And so, um, my husband was like, well, you should try to find a job doing that. Like, that's clearly what you, and I was like, I don't know. 
I don't know. But then I was like, <laughs> no, this is the year of investing in myself. <laughs> Um, and so I started to, so that was an intention, but then I had these concrete goals. Okay. If I want to like get this job, you know, writing, like, what do I have to do to get there? So it was like, Mm -hmm. set up a portfolio and, um, I work in the museum field. And so I had thought about freelancing actually for museums. So it was like, okay, I need to email 10 museums by the end of the month offering to freelance for them. And that's actually Mm -hmm. how I ended up finding my job is I had emailed one of the museums who responded and was like, well, actually, we're going to be um, opening up a full-time position for this. You know, would you be interested in applying? And so, um, like, all of that really came, so this whole opportunity came about because I was like, I need to invest in myself. Um, And then I ended up getting the job, and of course, we ended up moving out here. And so, yeah, and, and that was something that, when I set that goal for myself, that was not on my on your radar at at all, at all was switching jobs, right? Like I knew we, we wanted to move out of state at some point, but the idea of switching my career from, I was, so I was originally in museum education and then doing membership and now I'm doing marketing, I'm doing writing. I had never thought about making that switch until Mm -hmm. I had this resolution. So, um, yeah, big things and little things, you never know what might pop up. (laughs) Truly life-changing. Um, yes. And, I'm not going to say mine is like as noticeable from like an outside point, but just that I had spent so much time working with Layla last year, it ended up making me feel so empowered to like share our journey. And then it's like turned into like this something greater. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm a part of something greater than just me and Layla. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have this whole podcast, for example. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like, you know, it's just funny how the the one goal or the one intention can really transform into something so much greater than what you even planned for. I Oh, totally. Yeah. It's, um, and I think that's also going, go, going back to where we started this conversation yeah. <laughs> about goals and intentions and resolutions is it's like, some of those are important to keep open-ended because mm-hmm. you never know how things might change over time. Right. Or like, um, I, and you know, I think that's, I think that's why investing in yourself is such is one of my favorite resolutions is because like, it's something that I started to do last year. It's something I feel like I can continue to do moving forward until it feels more like a habit. And then maybe mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be a resolution because it's more just part of my life. Um, but yeah, and investing in myself, it really started with like therapy was like the primary thing that I was thinking about. And then it just turned into so much more. Mm-hmm. Snowballed, but in a good way. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I want to, to wrap up this conversation and just this last discussion with that investing in yourself, um, whether it's like for your dog or not it's going to indirectly affect your dog and your life as a dog mom, because you're going to be bettering yourself. So I know that like a lot of this conversation didn't have to do with dogs as much as what some of my other podcasts do, but I like to look at it from that dog mom mentality. Yes. (laughs) Pun intended of like you bettering yourself is ultimately going to better you and your dog's relationship because you're going to have like a clear mindset. You're going to be happier overall. Um, you're just going to like have things more in place so that whenever you do go to work with your dog or train your dog or play with your dog, you're just going to be in a better headspace. So absolutely. I also think too, investing in yourself might include your dog, right? Mm -hmm. So like if your dog has like struggles with a really bad behavioral problem, like maybe this is the year that you find a trainer, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're like, my life with my dog will be so much happier if we can figure out how, and like, you don't have to work through it by yourself, Mm -hmm. right? So that's always my problem is I think like, well, I can research this and I'll figure it out and I should be able to do this on my own. But like, it's okay to ask for help. And sometimes having an objective perspective is is really important. And so it's like, and investing in yourself could be money or it could just be time and Mm -hmm. energy. And so it could be like, okay, I'm gonna, I need to save up X amount of dollars because I really wanna hire this trainer um, who really, who, who I have this connection, you know, I trust them because we all know the dog training industry is all over the place. So finding a trainer who you feel like works for you and your dog, mm-hmm. um, what does that cost? What do you have to do to get there? Um, or it could be like, 
well, my dog is, you know, reactive on leash, but I know what we have to work on. And so I'm going to set this goal. Like I need to invest the time Mm -hmm. into, you know, spending five minutes a day working on this problem. So, um, there's definitely investments you can make, um, with your dog, with you for life with you for your life with your dog. There yes. we go. That will still achieve the goal of investing in yourself and yeah. end up making you a happier, better person. Yes. Which I feel like that's just how dogs, dogs do make you happier, yes. a happier, better person, <laughs> right? Do it for your dog, right? Yes, <laughs> exactly. I've loved this conversation and I really feel like it's going to help out other people come up with some, some goals and some resolutions, however you want to look at them and inspire them to make changes for this year. So so. yeah, Blair, thank you so, so much. Um, where can everyone find you? Yeah. So you can, um, find me on Instagram at the dink dog mom or on our blog, which is the dink dog Um, yeah, I hope I hope this uh, helps people think about resolutions a little bit more helpfully yes, or meaningfully. For sure. Thank you so much again. Thank you. I will see you around. Sounds good. up another episode of the dog mom mentality podcast if you like this episode please make sure to rate review and subscribe wherever you are listening and take a screenshot and post it to your instagram story and make sure to tag me thank you all for listening and supporting i hope you have a great day and if nothing else i hope you get to play with your dog today